On this episode of the We Are American podcast, we're going to talk about five American principles that separate us from everyone else. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to the We Are American podcast, a place for people who believe in the greatness of America, but are concerned for the future. I'm your host, Matt Beatty, and I'm glad you're here. I'm just a God-loving American guy that's living proof that the promise of America is real. I didn't grow up with much, but I've worked hard, made mistakes, and persevered to achieve what I have. And I believe America is still that shining city on the hill where anything's possible. So while it may seem that the American dream is on the ropes, I promise, it's alive and well. We just need to remember what it means to be an American, to have another great rediscovery. So today, I want to take a few minutes to talk about five principles that are the bedrocks of our society. Since this is the first episode, let's call it back to basics. Number one, rule of law. I got to say, of the five principles, this one I think is the most important. Our founders believe that the rule of law is a fundamental principle of a free and just government. As a nation ruled by laws, the government governs the people according to the law, not by the whims of rulers. Guys like Stalin, Hitler, Mao, those rulers ruled through fear and brutality, and they couldn't have cared less about human rights. The people were considered subjects, and millions were sacrificed at the altar of power. We require our leaders to not only enact and publish the law, but to adhere to those laws just as the citizens must do. Because the law levels the playing field, and we don't get to choose which laws we will or won't follow. Sure, there's going to be bad laws, and it's our duty to demand that those laws are repealed. And until then, our society depends on our adherence to the rule of law, because it serves as a roadblock against tyranny and arbitrary government. Laws establish order, and they keep the government and the people accountable to one another. Without this, you have chaos. Look at what's happening in many of our major cities. Lawlessness is taking hold, and people are leaving those cities because they can no longer live their lives in peace. New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Portland, Seattle, it goes on. These cities are supposed to be the hallmarks for the world to see what's great about America. But I imagine if you're someone abroad dreaming of one day coming to one of those cities, <laughs> you're probably reconsidering. I mean, my son wants to go to New York to see a Yankees game, but he hears the news and he says, eh, maybe one day. And he's nine, but he understands something just isn't right. Rule of law is a keystone principle to American survival, and it must be upheld. We have to demand that for all people, not just the ones from a particular party or group. Number two, rights protected, not granted. It's important that Americans understand this. Our rights are protected. They came with us at birth and are given to us by God himself. Now, whether you believe in God or not, it's not the point. You came from somewhere, and with you came your rights. They are not granted to you by the government. The founders believed our basic rights are endowed to us because we're human, not simply because we're American. Every human being on this planet has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But we're the only country on this planet that is founded with that belief. Our Constitution sets out to protect those rights. And it's imperative that we make the distinction between granted and protected, because anything that's granted to you can always be taken away from you. Communist and socialist leaders do not see rights the way we do. Instead of rights, you have privileges, 
And I'm pretty sure we can all remember a time when our parents disciplined us by taking away our privileges. So when you hear these self-admitting socialist or even communist candidates, as is the case in some of our cities these days, they don't share the belief that our rights come from our creator. And they'll stop at nothing to undermine that belief in order to give government more power and more control. The purpose and limit of government is to protect the unalienable rights of the people. Number three, equality. The declaration reads, all men are created equal. How it goes without saying, America hasn't always embodied this principle. God, I wish that weren't so. But the principle and its meaning are sound. And over the last 250 years, we fought tirelessly to perfect its meaning here in America. And it means that we are all equal in the eyes of the law. It also provides protection for the minority from the majority. In a society of majority rule, it can become easy for the majority to trample the rights of the minority to get its way. Maybe you've heard the Ben Franklin quote about two wolves and a sheep voting for what's for dinner. Well, in America, the sheep has an equal say in that outcome, and the founders put safeguards in place to help ensure that. The principle of equality has enabled a larger number of men and women to live in liberty and prosperity than any other nation in human history. We have the unique opportunities, Americans, to pursue our lives however we wish because of our equal protections under the law. Now, it doesn't mean we'll all, we will all have the same outcome. We'll have different talents. How we apply those talents will have very different outcomes for us. The promise is that government won't get in the way, and it's tasked with protecting our right to do so. So long as we adhere to the law, but where else in the world is that possible? Number four, republic, republic, republic. Nowhere in our founding documents is the word democracy used, not even once. The founders thought democracy was a dirty word, but yet you've heard the political class using it ad nauseum lately. And there's a good reason. That's to distract us from what we really are, a republic, a place where government derives its power from the people. Sure, we have democratic underpinnings, but a republic is what we are. I mentioned earlier the two wolves and the sheep. Well, the difference between a democracy and a republic is a well-armed sheep. Starting at the local level, all the way to the federal level, the powers of those governments are derived from the consent of the people, us. Governments are chosen from among the people to represent us and our values. We give up some liberties to protect the rest, but we entrust that protection in our elected officials. Not for them to tell us what they think is best for us, not to save us from ourselves. But unfortunately, money and power are corrupting our officials in Washington but we can still make a difference at the local and state levels. Besides, this is where our duties as citizens mostly lie. Sure, it's great that we get to vote in national elections, but let's face it, the federal government is way too big. More on that in another episode. Our votes are far more consequential in local and state elections. Look at how important governors were over the last couple of years. The states where governors valued these principles had far more liberty. The others, not so much. If the last couple of years has taught us anything, it's that town councils matter, school boards matter, mayors matter, governors matter. These are the representatives that we give consent to govern us with the most influence on our daily lives, and it's imperative that they're committed to America's guiding principles. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I haven't always taken local elections as seriously as I should, but never again. We must hold them to account, or Liberty America will become extinct. Number five, limited government. The founders rejected the belief that government should possess unlimited power. 
In their view, the legitimate purpose of government is to protect our unalienable rights and to limit itself. Now I accept this is a simplistic expectation of government in this day and age, but one thing's for certain. As government expands, liberty contracts. You know, liberty is a word I don't hear as much as I used to as a kid growing up in the 80s. Maybe that's because Ronald Reagan was a huge believer in liberty and used the word as often as he could. But it means to be free, and that's what America is. It doesn't mean having to show a health passport to eat at a restaurant in New York, or being told I can't buy a certain product in California after 2035. And it certainly doesn't mean that in order for me to be able to care and provide a life for my family that I dream of, I must first have a third of my income confiscated because the political class needs the money to buy votes to stay in power. The greatest threat to liberty in America is the size and power of our government. And it's critical that we accept our responsibility as citizens and say, stop. The freedom and liberty of future generations is at stake. Whether it's through increases in taxes or new regulations, I get it. Sometimes these things are necessary. And I'm certainly not advocating for a free ride with no accountability. But shouldn't we be at least be asking the question, how do these things affect freedom in America? Ronald Reagan said in his farewell address that we the people tell the government what to do, not the other way around. That government was the car, and we're the driver that decides on where it goes. So that means we have to negotiate the terms of change among ourselves and let government know what direction we want that to be. Not have it mandated to us from outsiders who want nothing more than to see us fail. When Americans are in agreement, some of the greatest accomplishments in the history of the world were recorded. And we did it freely, on our terms. So where do we go from here? You know, there are a couple of words in those early documents that really stand out to me. In order to form a more perfect union. Now clearly we're far from perfect, but we can keep pushing. The idea of a more perfect union should not only rest just with the founders, but with us as well. And it's our responsibility as Americans to continually shape and sculpt this nation to be a better version of herself. And so if your idea of a better America lives in these principles, then get to work. Because others are hard at work to take us in a direction that is wholly antithetical to what the founders intended. You know, Patrick Henry once said, Give me liberty or give me death. Well, that's a pretty strong view on freedom, that he'd rather be dead than alive and unfree. And I wonder sometimes who would say something like that today. So if it's you, stand tall and proclaim, what is American? Soundly reject ideas and policies that don't follow the rule of law, that take away God-given protections, favor one person or group over another, give power to the political class, or place unjust burdens on future generations. And pursuit is the other word that stands out. Things like happiness, success, peace, these aren't things that are simply given to you because they're different for all of us. They have to be pursued because we have an opportunity to live our lives the way we see fit, not the way someone else sees it for us. And I think the pursuit is a uniquely American ideal. So we are always seeking to be better. And nowhere else is it literally written in a nation's DNA. So let's remember America's first principles and continue to pursue the more perfect union that we all know is only possible right here in the USA. Well, that's all for this episode of the We Are American podcast. If you enjoyed what we discussed, please subscribe and leave a rating or review. If you know someone who could use this, please feel free to share it with them. You can also connect with me by email at matt at weareamericanpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.